because she was just consistently showing up, sometimes those opportunities do suddenly hit. So it's build the groundswell, and then you just never know when some opportunity might shoot you up uh, uh, you know, a little further or give you just the opportunity you didn't know you were waiting for. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle and welcome back to the show. I'm so happy you're here. Maybe if you're tuning in today, it is because you're looking for some innovative ideas in order to establish your personal brand to pivot right now to help you prosper and grow either now if you're able to do that in the industry that you're in or to lay the foundation for when things go back to the new normal that they'll be on the other side of this. And your personal brand is so essential to your ability to connect your customers, whether you are in a service business or offer a product. So joining me today to have this conversation is Jason Van Orden, who's been in the online marketing space for over 15 years. And he works with coaches, consultants, experts, service providers, and helps them grow their brand and businesses as a thought leader. It's all about thought leadership. And today we're talking about how to create an irresistible personal brand. Now, if you do happen to work within a company, the frameworks that he offers today, you can think about and apply based on the kind of work that you are doing within that organization, or even for yourself, if you're looking to start a side gig while you are currently employed, or maybe you are newly unemployed and looking for ways to be creative right now and gain some recognition. So Jason was actually a guest on episode number 38, and I'll link that in the show notes. And if you did tune into that one, or if you didn't, I would recommend doing it. He has a way of giving information that's just very easy to follow. It's framework oriented, so you can apply it to your own unique situation. And I think you might find that you'll be taking notes today. Although all of the show notes are always available at thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash 077 for today. And while you're there, I wanted to let you know that I gave a free copy of my book to everyone in my online community. Uh, They got it in their inbox on April 1st. So if you're already part of the community and you didn't see that email, look for it. And if you still can't find it and want a copy, just send me an email at Michelle with one L at thegoodlifecoach.com and I'll make sure you get one. And also if you haven't joined the community and you do want your free copy of the book, you can do so over on the website and it'll come right to your inbox. On that note, I think we should get right into the show. I know this is hard times for everyone, and my hope is that I can continue to provide inspiring, interesting, and useful information that will help you both personally and professionally. So let's get into the show. Hey, Jason. Welcome back to the show. Yeah. Hi, Michelle. Uh, So last time I had you on, it's funny because I logged into Skype to connect with you and it said we had connected nine months ago. (laughs) So. Oh, really? Hey, (laughs) thanks Skype for keeping track. It's great. (laughs) I didn't know how long it was, but but we spoke about how to use your unique genius to serve and make a profit. And we dove into the importance of finding your unique voice and dialing that up to an 11. And I'm going to link that. It was episode number 38 in the show notes because it was so good. And I actually took notes for myself. It was that good. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Um, Yeah, so much fun. Yeah. But today we're going to talk about how to create an irresistible personal brand. And you and Mm -hmm. I were talking before the mics went on. We're obviously all dealing with the coronavirus, but with the world of podcasting, 
somebody might find this episode in a year or in two years. And right. so we talked right. about wanting the content to be evergreen so it's useful to you, but also wanting to just acknowledge where you may be and kicking it off there and then getting into what we're you know, going to talk about with personal brand, which is also going to be relevant anytime you're building your business and growing it. So mm-hmm. just um, let's just actually very quickly start though. Can you just briefly introduce yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I help coaches and consultants and other expert service providers to build an online brand, an online platform, and then also package up their knowledge in new diverse ways, especially through the internet, so they can create uh, new new income streams that are more scalable and that also can really help in, in times like this or any up and down in a business to, again, you know, diversify your income streams. You're, you're just going to be a little more resilient and robust. And uh, everyone likes new profit centers that aren't dependent mm-hmm. on their time as well. So that's what I help people do. Which is so great. And so what advice are you giving your clients right now in light of everything happening? People are losing their jobs or people who are in certain industries like hairdressers or makeup artists or people mm. who have to actually be face-to-face with somebody to do their work, uh, massage therapist, whatever it could be. But you know, just generally speaking, people who have to pivot right now, what advice are you giving mm-hmm. your clients and who makes up your client base primarily? Yeah, I mean, so I have a lot of, you know, a variety of, of coaches and consultants, some that work in organizations that, you know, go in and teach leadership and communication and things like that. And then I've got, you know, professors that work at universities. I've got, uh, you know, people um, who teach artists how to do art. So it's it's quite a variety mm. of, of people. But there is for the most part, it's what I would call knowledge workers, which are a huge part of our economy in general mm-hmm. now. So, you know, people who in one way or another, it's, you know, th- them and their expertise being applied to in various ways. That is the their source of income and uh, the way they, you know, create value out there in the world. Now, in terms of, it is a very interesting time uh, given that, yeah, the whole the world's needs just changed overnight mm-hmm. um, drastically, right? Now, that can happen anytime in any any market where the needs shift. And, and sometimes it'll be very obvious. Sometimes, you know, it might be just your industry. Sometimes it might be more global, though right. it's less, less often that something like this happens. And, uh, and sometimes it's just, you know, consumer knowledge or different things are just kind of shifting where where people's thoughts are, and particularly the people that you want to serve. So the advice that I'm giving to people is that now is a really, really good time to get back in touch with the needs of your market. And the best way to do that is to get on the phone with people, mm-hmm. current clients, past clients, potential clients. If you have an email list or social media following, you know, if you go have five to ten conversations, then you're you're going to get a sense of like where did their needs end up, and mm-hmm. and then you can go okay, well, how can I best create value for them, and kind of you know obviously try to let go of kind of the givens of how things are done. Everyone's being forced to do that right now. I'll give you a quick example. I have a friend who teaches dance. She teaches dance at Princeton. She teaches dance in workshops here locally. She teaches, you know, different forms of movement. This is stuff that obviously typically happens inside of a studio with Mm -hmm. people guiding them, right? Yeah. However, just last week, she taught an online movement class to almost 100 people. Yeah. Um, and so I was helping her, you know, put that together through Zoom. And and it was basically kind of, it, it came about because in a Facebook group, somebody posted kind of, again, to feel out like, what what is everyone doing right now? You know, we're, we're inside. These are people who like move and they teach, you know, they want to dance, they want to move, they want to make their art or they, they're used to being in their classes. And it came up, it's like, well, it'd be really nice to have some kind of online um, something. This would be a great time for me to brush up. And it's this particular kind of movement. Uh, what is it? It's uh, movement analysts or, or something in this mm. Facebook group. And they're like, this would be a great time to brush up professionally on these fundamentals or whatever. And so she stepped in and said, okay, I'll make a class for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she'd never, you know, and it probably given if it wasn't for these circumstances, she might have never thought to do this. And of course, these circumstances, especially pushing people online, looking for that kind of a thing. But this is just an example of, you know, there's it, it, even though things are, are crazy and uncertain and, you know, people still 
they're they're looking for help in different places. They're looking for 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 problems to solve. They're looking for guidance. They're looking for leadership. Mm-hmm. And so just find the place that you can best create that value. And you can do it both from a place of service at the same time as, you know, getting she got paid. She got paid to do that class. Mm-hmm. They did it on a like, here's a minimum amount based on donations. Some people paid ten dollars, some people paid forty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but in the end, she for a couple hours of work, she ended up making several hundred dollars. So which is great because she had lost other things, right? Because right. of what's going on. So, right. um, and I predicted that might actually continue for her even after mm-hmm. as a potential source of income, even after things kind of quote unquote back to normal or whatever the new normal is going to be in the future. Absolutely. I think the online world is in technicolor right now. <laughs> Everything is just right. so, right? Everything is kind right. of being directed there. It's how we're connecting with our families, our friends, like everything is being done virtually. And I think what you said is so true and, and an opportunity. And I actually did an Instagram post where I was suggesting connecting with your clients and network and asking how you can support. But I love the idea of getting on the phone with them. Um, I think that dialogue is so valuable. So I, I love that so much. Um, and I think it's so useful. Um, Jason, where do you think um, there's opportunity? So it's interesting because if you see, you know, leaders or well-known people in the online marketing space, you know, some people are like, yeah, it's a great time to, um, you know, quiet down and, you know, go within and fine tune. And then others are like, show up every day. Where do you come out on that? Well, I mean, in the end, I think these are obviously, you know, personal decisions because I know that everyone has different circumstances in terms of what they're dealing with at home or in their health or things like that. However, you know, when having been online as a marketer for 15 plus years, there certainly have been plenty of various times when things have happened and it's kind of, you know, this is bigger than most of them, but yeah, it feels like there's a shift and it's like, should I still be marketing? Should I still be selling things? Mm-hmm. What should I, should I just back down? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you have the ability, show up still uh, as a leader in the way that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people, they're, they're, they're stuck inside, they're, they're, they're looking for insights, they're looking for hope, they're looking for comfort, they're looking for guidance, they're looking for maybe just a way to pass the time, information, mm-hmm. entertainment. So, I mean, if you can, I do think there's quite an opportunity in still, you know, going back to our previous conversation, showing up in your unique genius and, you know, whether that's through, through whatever content channels you might new, use or ones that you want to adopt and experiment with, mm-hmm. live streaming or through your email list or uh, your podcast or whatever, Um and the important thing, though, is I think, you know, you need to acknowledge, obviously, what's what's going on. Don't just create content and marketing mm-hmm. as, as usual. Mm-hmm. You can still market and deliver value, but you need to acknowledge what's going on, <laughs> check in with their needs, see where there's that, create value and content and, and stuff that meet the situation at hand right now um, or whatever it might be in the future, you know, whatever crisis or shift might happen potentially in your industry in the future. So like a lot of my content lately has been all about, you know, how, how, yeah, what should you do as a thought leader and a marketer in a time like this? Mm -hmm. And how can you, you know, best show up and how do you know what, uh, you know, is it okay to say, you know, just so talking about those kinds of, uh, those kinds of things. So whatever that might be, you know, going back to my friend, she realized, well, a lot of people are stuck at home and they still want a way to move, even if it's setting up their computer and looking at Zoom at mm-hmm. somebody else guiding them through something, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so so that's that's kind of what I've been telling people in terms of of, you know, showing up. I think that you know, I can also see some people going, wow, I've got, you know, we were just talking before, we each have our kids at home, homeschooling them, and you've mm-hmm. got lots of things going on. But your business still needs to exist and still needs to be attended to in whatever way you can. Um, so, you know, show up to the degree that you're you're able for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that completely. And it's also interesting, like what you're saying, because we were talking before the mics went on to how I was doing a podcast interview last week and my daughter walked in because yeah. she couldn't log in. One of the codes wasn't working to get into her Zoom class and she was panicked and I was in the middle of the conversation. And this is just, you know, you got to give yourself some grace. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. And I think even to have some permission around that is kind of a good thing. Um, and, and I also agree with what you said. There's a couple of lead, you know, thought leaders out there who are business as usual and not acknowledging at all. And I think there's a disconnect there. I mean, I'm yeah. sort of dancing, you know, trying to balance like, I'm hoping, you know, the show is 
informative, but and inspiring, but also, you know, entertaining a conversation, you know, realness. And so mm-hmm. wanting to give and acknowledge, okay, this is a time to pivot. How do we pivot, uh, you know, and give content and, and resources that are useful. And then also maybe a little bit of an escape of some fun and interesting conversations too. So it'll be a mix and, you know, try to figure out what best serves right now, I guess. Cause I think, you know, some of us Mm -hmm. want a little bit of a break from it too. It's all consuming. Right. But, um, um, Jason, when we last spoke, you talked a lot about the value of frameworks over formulas. And I'm wondering Mm -hmm. with personal brand, if yours is a framework, my guess is it is. So could you explain Mm -hmm. what differentiates them and why you believe that frameworks are the way to go? Yeah. So, you know, as uh, when, when you are an expert that is delivering your your knowledge, there are certainly times when people just you know want the guidance, just tell them what to do, and that's fine. Particularly if, if they're paying you for one on one, and that's what they want is the high touch, nuanced. You know, hey, look into my particular uh, situation and 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 tell me what's the best route to go, or give me a couple options to choose from. But when it comes to kind of more you know thought leadership or expertise, more at scale, so you're trying to help uh, a wider you know cast a wider net, help more people um, in ways that aren't dependent on your time. Now you you don't have the same they don't have the same access for the same nuance from you. And that's fine because you're able to, you know, they're able to afford your expertise at a lower price, say through uh, an online group workshop or mm-hmm. even a digital course that they go through on their own, right? In those situations, in order it, I have found that it does not serve people well if your online course is nothing but a formula. And and unfortunately, I've seen this happen a mm-hmm. lot where people just, you know, they're great marketers, but then they make a course and their approach to a course is like, well, here's exactly what I did. So just do what I did mm-hmm. and it'll work for you. Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, why the logic seems to say, just do what I did and it'll work for you. But the truth of the matter is. The, the student is different from you and the timing is different and the circumstances. And we don't always know all the reasons why what we did worked. And so I, I try really hard when I'm making content or courses or offerings. And even when I'm working one-on-one with, with clients that I, you know, I'm looking for the principles, the through lines, the, the kind of lattice work underneath that, that then can be applied to, you know, maybe it's like, you know, 80%, that's kind of an arbitrary number, but say, you know, mm-hmm. that's 80% of like, here's the proven principles, so to speak. But then that last 20% leaves room for what's your vision? What are your values? What are your strengths? What are your goals for yourself? What's the lifestyle you're trying to create for yourself in your business? And that all needs to be mixed in with the strategy as well. Mm-hmm. And if all you do is follow a formula, you end up in a situation where, Either it doesn't work for you for one reason or another, or it does work and it's not the right fit for Mm -hmm. you in the end. So that's why in my work and also in working with my clients, I encourage them. That's one of the big reasons I encourage them to create frameworks. And then the other one's just practical. It's like if you have this toolbox, if you have taken the time to break your knowledge down and organize it into various systems and, and frameworks or processes, then... You know, when somebody comes to you and says, hey, well, you do a keynote about X, you probably have that thing just to pull out and go, yeah, here's a great, I can do a 20 minute version on this thing. Or, you know, when it is time to, to, you you can very quickly repurpose your knowledge in a variety of forms is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, you've got a catalog of your knowledge of your intellectual property. And that's a huge asset when you formalized it in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. And how do you recommend that somebody use that knowledge and distribute it in many channels? Because, you know, I think that sometimes you're maybe you're all in on one platform or something, but what do you usually recommend for that? Yeah, so the the approach that I, so let's say, I'll just give the example of, you know, somebody who has been doing one-on-one coaching or one-on-one consulting, this is a lot of my clients, and now they want to add another um, another approach. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll use the example of a, a client of mine that's a consultancy. They've been around for about 25 years. They're a small consultancy, but they go into organizations all over the world and do workshops on leadership and communication and, and things like that in, in businesses. Um, and then they, you know, they, they saw that they, their industry was shifting and they also just wanted to grow their business and diversify it. So they said, hey, we would like to make an online version of, of, what, we, of what we do. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now, thankfully, you know, because they had taught it a lot of times, like they kind of had their grab bag of here are the things that we teach on different, you know, uh, on different topics. But when it came to re re um, packaging that, the first thing we did is I had them go and have five to ten conversations with people in their marketplace to kind of get a feel of like which in the online virtual space, what would people be most interested in? What would they? What's kind of top of of mind for them? And then what I encourage my clients and customers or students to do is to run a pilot version of a, of a program. And this is less about, you know, that final production version of, you know, if you're creating an online course, people might be thinking, oh my gosh, I got to get some fancy online platform and create mm-hmm. all these videos and make it look nice and people can log in and da, da, da. But I don't even, we don't even worry about that stuff at first. I just tell them, look, let's go get, a handful of people, and by handful, it might be five, it might be 10, it might be 20 or 30, but, um, and just teach this as a series of live online training um, sessions, you know, maybe an hour each mm-hmm. through something like Zoom. Mm-hmm. And the purpose there is just to a see if you can get some people to buy into whatever the you know say hey here are the things we're going to be going through here's what you'll learn here's what you'll accomplish by the end mm-hmm. and if they go yes and put some money down for that in a pilot version of the program that's a great piece of information to know that it's like mm. people want that thing it's also a great opportunity to formalize your processes your frameworks and things like even though I, you know, I have a good idea of how I'll teach each of the things, I always find when I teach a pilot program, it really f- it kind of forces me to make more concrete, you know, worksheets and tools, mm-hmm. and here are the steps for them to go through, and, and what are the milestones of this process, and each one of those is a different call that we'll do, and so you're kind of testing out and, and ironing that out. And then you're getting feedback as you go, and you even let people know this is a pilot version of the program. And they're sharing with you what's making sense, maybe where things, you know, as experts, when we're really close to a topic, it's mm-hmm. just proven our minds overlook things at Completely. times. It's the curse of knowledge, right? right? So, and then in the end, hopefully, because you've worked very closely with a good handful of students, you've got some success stories, testimonials. Mm. So now you can take all of that and fold it into something more formal. You know, recording, and that's exactly what I did with this client. We ran a pilot for four weeks, four phone calls, got all this feedback, all the things I said, and then we went into a studio and recorded, you know, a series of of calls, and that ended up being now a version of their course that we do host through um, something like Teachable is, mm-hmm. is what we're using for mm-hmm. for them. And so now, in fact, they're in the middle of, and it was very good timing because this all happened. Mm-hmm. In fact, the launch of that official version of the course was literally ending just as things were getting real wow. here in the United wow. States about the coronavirus. Wow. And as clients started canceling in-person workshop events for for this client, thankfully now they've got this digital version and they, in fact, they were able to immediately have one company go, we want nine seats of that, please. Nine seats in your digital course because our people need something and we wow. don't have any of the in-person training anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now they've got this new asset that they're out there. And, and, um, but so that's kind of the process though. Hopefully that answers the question of kind of an example of, you know, how you might go about transitioning your knowledge into that kind of a, a format. It's a perfect example, I think right now, because pretty much anyone out there could do that. And, uh, and I yeah. love the idea of the pilot because this way you get active feedback and then you tweak it and you can improve it and give people what they want. And the only way to know that is by doing. And we talked about that last time. And I thought that was one of the great takeaways that you left us with. Um, you know, you got to start doing it. You can't try to make everything perfect first. You just got to get out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's get into personal brand. So my background is in marketing and branding and Brand is essential for your success. And I think people don't realize that everything that they produce, their the pictures that they post, the colors that they use, what they write, how they say things, uh, you know, what they're posting all impacts the perception of their brand, right? And so when you're working with your clients on personal brands, where where do you begin? How do you help them approach positioning themselves? Well, I love the word positioning. Um, when it comes to brand, you know, a lot of people think of like visual brand and logo and things mm-hmm. like that. But it really is what I'm talking about more about positioning or where do you sit in the marketplace? How are you perceived in the marketplace? Mm-hmm. And there's essentially three parts that you need to know in order to 
uh, get very clear about the position that you want to sit in. Number one is who you are. Number two is who you serve. And number three is how you serve them. The who you are piece, I think, is what we talked a lot about in our last interview, like really knowing your unique genius, your strengths that you bring to the table, your vision. You know, what is what is it that you want to get out of your brand and where can you create the greatest value in the world? That second piece of who you serve, you know, even – even when I have clients to come come and work with me that have been in business uh, or as a you know coaching or consulting for years and years, mm-hmm. there's always some work to do around yeah. that. Again, because markets shift, or sometimes people just get unclear, or they mm-hmm. want to expand, mm-hmm. or or when you're going into a new like the, you know this this client that was going online, that's that's a different you know customer profile that they're going to be selling this online course to than than the one who brings them into their organization to do a workshop, right? Mm-hmm. So we had to get very clear about who is that person that we're selling to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where these, you know, phone calls, you know, not just in a time of pivot and crisis, but anytime you're doing something new, customer discovery, customer discovery, you got it. So getting very specific about who that person is and not from just a demographic level, though that might be part of it, you know, Maybe there's some specifications of like what profession they're in or or gender or how experienced they are, but really more so, you know, what are their challenges? What are their needs? What's top of mind for them? What are the pains they're trying to mm-hmm. alleviate? What are the unfulfilled things that you can help them with and help them solve? Where are the knowledge gaps for them? Uh, what are the pitfalls that people keep And Just getting very familiar with their experience and defining the gap between where they're at now, where they want to go, and you know why they haven't gotten there yet. So getting very clear on that, that's that second part of who you serve. And then by doing that research, that then leads very nicely to like, okay, well, this is how I can best serve them. Here's the the value proposition, as we call it, I can make the promise, the the outcome that they want that I know how to help them reach. And so when you've defined each of those three things for yourself, and then also make those three things very, very clear in your marketing, in your offers, in your content, that's when you are both relevant and resonant with the right people when they see your message and they go, ah, this is for me. I've been waiting for something like this. I need to check this out. And then hopefully say yes to doing business with you uh, once they understand what your offering is. And this is applicable to service businesses and product businesses, right? What you're talking uh, well, about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what business you're in, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. And where do you, so you talked about the second piece being a, a challenge, but I think for a lot of people, the who you are is hard. And I think specifically in many cases for women, because uh, women tend to want to please and it sort of, you know, bleeds into the second thing of who you serve and then want to serve and help everybody. <laughs> um, so what, how do you figure out the who you are, because, you know, this is like, this is a life's journey, but that work is like, that's big, right? The who you are. Uh, what what can you offer us on on that? Yeah, that's, that's a great um, question. So, of course, I've got a framework okay. for, <laughs> for the, the who you are part. Um, and this is a, a framework I came up with called the magnetic messaging uh, framework. So it's it's a way of pulling out what are the most interesting things that you it, that you have and want to to offer to the world. I don't think I even come up with this or formalized it last time mm. we we talked. Cool. So it has five pieces, and here's the origins of this framework. So first of all, there's all kinds of research over the last few years that show that consumers these days are they want to do business with organizations, companies, small businesses, individuals um, who have, that they feel there's a real sense of purpose behind what they're Mm -hmm. doing. There's a number of reasons for that. You know, corporations have done a lot of shenanigans over the last decade (laughs) or two. Millennials are much more now in the consumer base and and workforce. And we just know that they're more, um, you know, focused towards purpose as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's great. Now, what does that mean then for I mean, I think a lot of us, you know, feel like, yeah, there's a sense of purpose to why I do. That's why I do it. But what does it mean to like be clear about it and communicate it in a clear and compelling way to your market such they go, 
yes, I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking at companies like Whole Foods or Patagonia, you know, who, who really stand for something. There's a, you know, Patagonia is about sustainability and their business decisions and their messaging and the way that they brand themselves and the content they make is very much always in line, in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. And I look back over the last 15 years of working with other people to, and my, and my own personal brands and in building personal brands. And I came up with five criteria that go into a you know, a real purpose-based brand. And if you have these five criteria and communicate them to your market, that's where, you know, you'll stand out more, you'll have more loyal customers, they'll share your stuff more. Um, so quickly, here are the five things for in this framework. They are, um, number one is your beliefs. What are the beliefs that drive the work that you do and what are the things that you want people to believe once they've done business with you or come in contact with in you know been in your your orbit a uh, quick example about this i was working with somebody in a coaching call who is in the dieting industry and she has a belief that the dieting industry is just a bunch of bunk we need to stop telling people to lose weight we need to stop people you know and and that there needs to be this fundamental shift in how we talk about those things and it's a very strong belief that she has to the point that, you know, even to more difficulty in her business, she has stopped using the language lose weight in her marketing because mm -hmm. she no longer believes in that as a message, right? Very strong belief that drives mm -hmm. her work. Um, so next to beliefs, uh, this, the second thing that you have is vision. What's the vision of the future that you are trying to create? So for her, it's a, a future where the dieting industry is gone. It doesn't, <laughs> exist, you know, at least in the format that it is now, mm -hmm. you know, telling us about you know all the horrible things about body image that it implants on us and so forth, and just bad science and mm -hmm. or no science because that's not <laughs> what sells, you know. So that's the vision she has of the future. Um, I have a vision of the future where more people with, you know, good ideas, important ideas, important expertise are reaching the problems and populations that they can help most because the internet allows us to do that now and we'll solve more of the world's problems. So that's a vision of the future that you want to create. Number three thing to know is is value. And that's, you know, we've kind of already touched on that a bit. That's marketing 101. What do you offer them? What's in it for them? You know, I said, I work with thought leader types to help them have bigger platform, new, you know, all, all things I said that I do. So that's a, that's a pretty standard. Hopefully you know that or else you're probably not, you know, doing well in business until you figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got beliefs, we've got vision, we've got value. And then the, the next thing is contribution. How does your work contribute to something that's bigger than yourself and bigger than the transaction between you and an individual customer? Mm -hmm. So, um, let me go ahead and uh, I'm kind of jumping between examples here, but an example for my own business is that I, you know, there's myriad of problems to solve in this world. And I believe the more that we have people that, that know how, that are willing and know how to share their voice and their unique genius online, mm -hmm. that we will arrive at solving more of the world's problems, you know, or this, this, um, this woman that I was coaching in the dieting industry, right? Like that's something that's, you know, a contribution to society. If, if she can free, you know, particularly she works with a lot of women, but really men and women from that idea, the ideas that we have around that, it would free up so much energy. People would be more confident. They'd, you know, they'd have all this, you know, uh, ability and time and energy to do other things and make contributions in life that right now they're just consumed by whatever, you know, doubts and baggage come along with dieting and the way they feel about their their body, right? Mm. So that's a that's a contribution to, you know, industry or society or, or the world that your work makes. People want to be part of something that's bigger than them. So when somebody does business with her, they're like, not only am I helping myself with my body image, I am helping, I am learning, you know, ways to make it so that this is no longer a, a an issue in the world for other people as well. This is knowledge that needs to get out there. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth thing is your reason why. And this is, what is your reason why outside of money or your family or your freedom? Those are great. Like if that's why you're in business, those are wonderful reasons why. But what are other things that drive your work other than just kind of that benefit to you? I'll give you an example. For me, two come to mind. Number one, I'm an intensely curious person. Mm -hmm. And by doing the work I do, working with lots of different, you know, experts in various fields, I'm constantly coming across coming across new and interesting ideas. So that's very fulfilling and interesting and novel for me. So 
outside of making money that feeds and fulfills me. Also, by working with thought leaders, I help one person, they go help a hundred or a thousand. Mm-hmm. And then I help another person and they help a hundred or a thousand or 10,000. So it's a nice way to compound, if you will, my own impact in the world. Those are two reasons why I do what I do other than my own you know, money or help my family or my freedom. Again, important things to me, but you know, there's other things that drive my work. So beliefs, vision, value, contribution, reason why. And if you're clear about those five things and communicate them you know, in your about page, in your content, mm-hmm. people will, you know, that that's where you have an ir- irresistible personal brand. And there's some slice of the world that's going to see that and go, I've been waiting to hear from you. I want to work with you. Mm-hmm. There's something about the way you are, who you are, how you make me think, how you make me feel the way we, you know, that I want to do business with you. Yeah. While you were going through the list, what occurred to me is with the belief, the w- beliefs, vision, contribution, and your reason why, I feel like Generally speaking, I'm not going to speak for everyone listening, but, you know, you can come to those pretty easy um, if you do, you know, some soul searching and, you know, there's a reason you got excited to put your work out in the world or go out on your own or consult to companies or do your thing with the value that's more about you than everyone else. And again, with women, owning our value can be part of the challenge, right? So the beliefs, the vision, the contribution, your reason why is about how we're serving the out, you know, outside of ourselves. Mm. It's why we mm-hmm. are passionate about what we want to do. And then with the value, you know, and being able to clearly articulate that, I think that's where things get a little blurry for lack of a better word. And people like, look right. at, you know, oh, look what she's doing. Oh, oh, we, we all sound the same. So how does somebody mm. then pivot and really own their worth and stand out. So what do they do when, you know, like, so your friend or your client, the woman who's teaching, you know, wanting to get rid of the whole concept of dieting, that's unique. Like that is very different because everyone else is talking about losing weight because they know that sells, but she's going to appeal to a very particular audience. And as we know, it's not the quantity, it's not the number of people that are following you. It's the quality. It's the people who you're really serving and who are really committed to the message and what you're producing. So how does somebody differentiate themselves or really tap into that value? And that might be a tricky question the way that I've positioned it, but um, does it make sense the way I've asked it, Jason? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'd say that if you do go through those five things, the combination of what you have to say in those five areas is going to start making you sound different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, now in, in terms of though, owning the value that you have to, that you have to offer, mm-hmm. um, one thing that I encourage people to do when they are struggling with that is to go, this just goes back to something I said earlier, go have those five conversations mm-hmm. with, with people that are the type of people you want to help. Cause something happens. I find I really enjoy doing them. It can, it can feel a little daunting and look, I'm, I'm an introvert, so I'm not naturally like just setting up calls with people every day to talk to them. Right. Um, but when I do on a regular basis, have these conversations with people in my market, um, I start hearing, I, I, I start hearing and, and seeing the problems that I can solve and it starts getting me uh, excited. And even in those conversations, I often, you know, give them some little tidbits of something that they can, you know, start with or, or get going on to to help them with whatever we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then I see their response and they start getting really excited. And then I'm like, okay, I can't wait to go and create something mm-hmm. to help this kind of person with this thing. So those I find, those conversations can be very energizing and informative when it comes to that value. Um that value piece. You don't have to just sit there and, and, and guess at it. You, you go and you talk to people, you see what, what, what resonates, where you think you can help the most. And then you run the, you know, and then the next thing is when you go and run a pilot, even if it's for one person, you go help, mm-hmm. you know, find one person, um, you know, or if it's a handful of people in a pilot, you know, that's going to be another proof to you. And mm-hmm. it's gonna be very exciting to, to see this new way that you're helping people take, take form and see the results that it's, that it's getting them. So it's, it's doing the research, it's experimenting and then seeing what, seeing what the results are in the end. And, and those results then feed our own self-efficacy in terms of, oh, I'm capable of helping people in this way. Yeah. Thank you. 
I think that's that's spot on. Um, so you said something that made me just think a little bit further on this whole topic. If somebody is um, listening now and they, you know, really get this, they've gone through the exercises, they feel really excited and confident, or they've been out there and they've tweaked their messaging accordingly, where do they show up? Do they pick one platform? Like, what's your thoughts mm. on social? Because we all know the value of having the relationship with the audience directly and having them on your newsletter. But to the degree that that hasn't happened yet, how, where, where do you suggest being? Where you enjoy? Like, what are your thoughts on social? And establishing, in, as it relates to establishing your personal brand, whether it's service-based yeah. or product-based. Yeah. Right. So there's a couple principles at play here. Um you do need to be creating content on a regular basis. And there are myriad of channels, myriad of formats. So when choosing, um, first of all, you need to recognize it's very important to be consistent and show up consistently. And so I always encourage people to choose a channel and a format that's that feel good to them or that are natural to their strengths. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I have to be on such and such channel because that seems to be what everyone's doing. Or, oh my gosh, TikTok is huge now. I'm supposed to be there. <laughs> right? But yeah. It's no, like you need to pick something that you will do now, you know, and from a format standpoint, that's, you know, at a fundamental level, it's, it's writing stuff or video or audio, like mm -hmm. through a podcast like this. Mm -hmm. Now, of course that can be, you know, longer form stuff. It can be, you know, shorter posts on, on LinkedIn. Right. So, but, but pick one of those formats that, that are conducive to you. The second principle to realize is that things are very, very decentralized now. 10 years ago, when you had a blog, you would drive traffic to your blog and you'd get people commenting on your blog and they would subscribe to your blog feed. Like that doesn't happen now. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, at best they might get on your email list and that's great. You should build your email list, but you need to go where people already are and not be so stuck on getting them back to your website to consume mm -hmm. your content. Mm -hmm. My content all goes on my website because I want that central hub because yeah. I never know when a potential client's going to come knocking or a journalist or somebody who's like checking my body of work out and that's where it lives. Yep. But, you know, when I, one of the ways that I create consistent content is I write an article every week and that goes out in my newsletter. Mm -hmm. Now, if all I did there, now that would be pretty limited as to, you know, I have a good number of people in my newsletter, but I want to get it out much wider than that. Mm -hmm. So that newsletter, it goes, yes, it goes on my website, but then I will like break out some different like quotes or I'll make, you know, if you go and look at my Instagram, there might be a little uh, quote from something I've written or, you know, you can do those slides that are like three or four slides in a row in, in an Instagram posts. And sometimes we'll just take a shortened version of the blog post and it'll be like headline in the first slide and then point number one, point number two, point number three, point number four. So, you know, I have, or somebody on my team has taken it, put it into a format that's appropriate for, you know, visual and appropriate and sh shorter for Instagram and allows people to consume the idea right there on Instagram. Mm. It's not really, you know, and sometimes in the, the last slide, it'll be like, Hey, if you want to read the whole post, go back to my website mm -hmm. or bio, you know, link in the bio kind sure. of thing. Um, I also will t often take it and do a shorter one as a LinkedIn post as well, because that's mm. a channel that I've chosen. Mm -hmm. Me too. Uh, so yeah. choose a channel that feels good where you know your audience is, but feels good to you and just, you know, create on a regular basis some form of content. But then you got to, I call it repurposing or syndicating your content into, and it, you know, yeah, right now I'm on LinkedIn and I've got a Facebook page and I've got mm -hmm. Instagram, but mm -hmm. you know, that takes time. You don't need to do all of those things right. at once. Just choose one and get really consistent at, you know, if you're in a B2B market, LinkedIn's probably a good place for you to be. You can do video, you can do written there, choose what feels good and start being consistent. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's my advice when it comes to, uh, you know, platform and starting to build your, your brand platform. That's great. Thank you. Um, so a lot of the people that are thought leaders like yourself, who've been out there a long time are recognizable. You say the name, it's like, people know who you are. Then they're the people in the early stages. And so give us some perspective around the, how long it takes to establish the personal brand and the credibility, because I know, and I know marketing's changed from when I was in house, there was no social mm. media and it was for lawyers, which isn't the most sexy thing, but um, you know, it was fun. And a lot of it was seminars and events and all these kinds of things. But 
I knew that it takes time to establish every time we went into a different country where they had high tech startups, that was the the main um, client base that I had to strategically set up relationships. A lot of talking to people like you're talking about or then producing events and then sponsorships. There was kind of a formula that I, or I should say, well, it was kind of a mix between a formula and a framework that was working. Um, but for this world that we're living in now where everything is social and um, attention spans are so limited, what's realistic? Because I know a lot of people who've been at it a couple years or something and just want to just, they're like, is this for like, am I on the right path or should I just go back to working again in a company mm. or whatever? And that's heartbreaking right. because we just talked about all those amazing reasons why they're doing what they're going to do, their beliefs and their, you know, their um, contribution and the value that they want to bring. So I'd love to get your input, especially you've been at this a long time now. Yeah. So it does, it does take a while of creating content, showing up, um, and the other piece that we haven't talked about that's important too is, is building the network of people who recognize you at, you know, your position in the marketplace. Nice thing about having a, a podcast is like, mm -hmm. you can invite people on your podcast and have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's a great way to build your network having your own platform to invite people onto, right? I'm not saying everybody needs to go start a podcast, <laughs> but whether through LinkedIn or whatever, like you you do need to be expanding that network of people that that's recognize your name. what your special what your specialty is, yeah. right? And that's another grassroots way that in groundswell way that, that starts to um that starts to build. Now, you know, if you if you want to um accelerate things I think, you know, one one thing that you can do is go and get interviewed on podcasts. Now, it might not be some of the biggest podcasts at first, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of podcasts out there these days. Mm -hmm. So go find ones with a smaller audience at first, and they're going to be more likely to say yes. And that's still, you know, a few hundred or a couple thousand people you're getting in front of. Mm -hmm. And then when you've got a handful of those, you can leverage those into bigger getting interviewed by bigger shows. You can point to them and say, I've been, you know, here's some interviews you can hear of mine. Mm -hmm. Plus you're getting better. And then you can go into, you know, and kind of work your way up a ladder uh, in that way. Or similarly, if writing is your thing, um, you know, do what we were saying about consistently creating some content, getting it out there either on LinkedIn and your, and your site for a bit. And then you can reach out to places that need content and, you know, point to content that you've created that's quality the, you know, if you can't get, you know, ink.com or, you know, I'm not sure in other industries what some of the big ones might, you know, might be, but, you know, yeah, you're probably not going to land being a contributor or a guest blogger on a big site the first time out, but you start with the smaller ones and you work your way up um, the ladder. And so, you know, I had a friend that, uh, Dory Clark, who mm -hmm. many years ago, um, she really, I mean, of course, writing books helped and she does, she's, you know, but it was, it was very much a grassroots thing. It took her a few years. She was writing and writing and writing and getting out on all these sites. But then there was one year where she's like, okay, I really want this to be the year that it pushes up to next level. And I think she went and did like 150 podcast interviews <laughs> in one year. Um, and that did the trick. It really got her name out there and it built her list and, you know, it just kind of pushed things up. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the consistency, it's having your message clear, it's building your network, and then, you know, picking what kind of your forays forward are going to be to, to try to kind of incrementally push things up another um, level as you go. But it it can take, it does, it, it does take time and uh, time and patience. It can sometimes take, I mean, I, I think... And I don't want to discourage anyone because the, the rewards are immense when you mm -hmm. get yourself there. But like you'll see that just about every success story of someone being a recognizable brand online, mm -hmm. you know, it started with consistency and two, three, four years of, of just kind of building up that groundswell before, you know, some of that bigger traction started happening. Every once in a while, you'll have one of these stories where, I don't know, someone just got picked up in a news story right, or right. – you know, something went viral. Like you hear those, but well, and that's the other reason why you need to be consistent is sometimes you just don't know. I mean, going back to Dory, she had three book proposals go out that all just got shut down by all these publishers. Mm. And then it was one article that she wrote 
about reinventing yourself. Mm-hmm. And it went nuts. Like people loved it. And then publishers started emailing her and going, I want to write a book about this because it just <laughs> happened. And that was not like in her mind, like, I'm going to write a book about reinventing yourself. But right. that's what she ended up being her first book. And because she was just consistently showing up, sometimes those opportunities do suddenly hit. So it's build the groundswell, and then you just never know when some opportunity might shoot you up uh, uh, you know, a little f- further or give you just the opportunity you didn't know you were waiting for. Absolutely. And it's funny because I actually probably did hear Dory on at least two or three, maybe that same year, because I know who she is only because I've heard her on podcasts. <laughs> so I know of Dory's story. But I'll say one thing that I really discern from hearing her is that she... In terms of mindset, which we talk a lot about on this show, she had massive grit and determination and a belief in herself. Jason, is there anything I didn't ask you today that you think is worth sharing with the audience? Oh, we've shared a lot. So I think it's probably uh, (laughs) pretty good. I mean, there's always more things. Maybe in nine months, we'll do another one. I was going to say that, um, right. We'll tackle, uh, you know, some of your other expertise. (laughs) I agreed. Um, So where can people find you and learn more about your work? Where can I direct them? Sure. So I want to mention two things. I have uh, a new podcast out. It's got a few episodes now called Impact, which is all about how to build your thought leadership uh, brand and business. So if you go to jasonvanorden.com, there's a podcast link up at the top. You can check out and listen to that. Um, Number two thing I want to mention is that there's a downloadable guide of the magnetic messaging framework. So those five areas with questions that'll help you kind of solidify those things. And you can get that by going to magneticmessaging.download. So that's that's the web address, magneticmessaging.download. So those are the two things I want to mention. Thanks. I'll definitely link both of those in the show notes. As always, very informative and always a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This is Michelle Lamoureux, and you've been listening to the Good Life Coach Podcast. So I want to let you know that I have a free gift for you if you're interested. I've been thinking of how uncertain things are and wanted to do something a little extra and want to give you a copy of my book. It's called Design a Life You Love, A Woman's Guide to Living a Happier and More Fulfilled Life. And I usually sell it on Amazon for $10, but you can download for the month of April a free copy. It covers life love, work, body, relationships, and simplicity. And the intention behind it is to help you live your life with greater purpose and clarity, make loving yourself and your body a priority, have a career and relationships that you love, and incorporate simple pleasures for greater joy. So that's what the book covers. There's a lot of great exercises with each inspiration, and I hope that you find it helpful. Again, you can find it over at thegoodlifecoach.com. You'll see the sign up right on the homepage, and you can get your copy today. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend and to subscribe now on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. While you're there, please take a second to review the show so I know what's resonating with you. It means the world to me to know that you've taken a minute to share your feedback and I read every review that's posted. So thanks as always for tuning in. If you want additional inspiration and tips, come on over and visit me on Instagram. You can find me at Michelle with one L underscore Lamoureux. Thanks so much. And I'll look forward to reconnecting with you soon. Bye for now.